0: Now, the African Center for Migration and Society says that foreigners are likely to make their way back into Johannesburg and into the CBD in hopes of earning a living. And this after the Johannesburg Magistrate Court. Ordered the deportation of dozens of foreign nationals who were arrested during a counterfeit goods raid in the city center last week. The court says that those scheduled for deportation within 30 days will, in the meantime, be moved to the Lindela Repatriation Center in Krugersdorf. And um, basically, there to just take in what is happening following last week's raid if uh, those shops uh, who were found guilty. Of selling counterfeit goods, whether they are still in operation or what else has developed in the meantime. Now, to speak to us about the impact of counterfeit goods on business, we joined on the line by companies and Intellectual Property Commissioner's senior manager of copyright and intellectual property, um, Amanda Lothringer, Lothringen. Thanks so much for speaking, Lothringen. Thanks so much for speaking to us this afternoon. Now, Amanda, if we could start here, how big is the counterfeit problem in the country and how much are we losing to this activity on an annual basis?
1: Yeah, Sakina, that's a very difficult question to answer, but a very relevant one. And it's not only South Africa that tries to answer that question, because this problem that we are facing as a country is a global problem. And to define the loss to business and industry, and if you then start bringing in public health into this equation, the loss is actually unquantifiable. One can argue that the loss to business directly to their bottom line on the sale of counterfeit goods um, is significant in terms of the price charged for counterfeit goods. But then one can come back and argue what would the um, consumer do? Would he actually buy the original? The real loss is actually to the South African economy. And that's where we, from the Department of Trade and Industry, get very much involved in. So to quote numbers and say so many billions of U.S. dollars lost to counterfeit, and you'll get those quotations online. But in South Africa, we steer away from quantifying and rather focus on the economic impact and take a step further to say there's also an impact on our consumers that use these goods because they don't realize how harmful the products can be to them.
0: So uh, speaking of this impact, uh, one would imagine um, tax revenue would be impacted and uh, also employment because uh, people who would then be employed, for example, by shops that would legally sell uh, the uh, genuine article, they are perhaps not able to trade in the sort of volumes that they possibly could.
1: Yeah, there is a direct impact on the bottom line, for instance, for the clothing industries, the Nikes, the Adidas, the Reebok guys. Um, but there's also an indirect impact on, um, as you say, employment opportunities. But I must emphasize that not only the direct loss to government in Um, when goods are smuggled into the country, so duties are not properly paid. So the the impact on the um, revenue of government directly, but also the impact on our economy, because if we don't protect intellectual property rights in our country, foreign direct investment will definitely decline. Factories won't open manufacturing the original products because their markets are depleted by these counterfeit goods that's sold
0: So what is the solution? Because um, obviously, if this type of business is left uh, uh, to to thrive, as it were, as it is in the Joburg and other CBDs around the country, uh, what is the Department of Trade and Industry, for example, doing to try and uh, counterbalance this?
1: I'm so glad Glad you're asking that question because the only real solution to ridding the world of counterfeit goods is addressing the demand for these goods. So that's where we focus our attention. Yes, we advocate the things we do. We protect intellectual property rights at the CIPC because we do the registration of the trademarks and we do a lot of work in the copyright industries. But we also say that we have to educate the general consumer about why do they need to respect intellectual property rights? What is the value of buying the original good, supporting the, the um, formal economy and steering away from the substandard counterfeit goods in the market? In South Africa, we've seen an increase in the sale of counterfeit medicines. Online, where you are in your study and you're buying online and there's very little control about what happens when you order these goods and they are dropped at your doorstep. So for law enforcement, that's a huge challenge. So we have to find other ways to educate consumers so that they are understanding the value of buying legitimate goods and the harm that the counterfeit product can cause them. Over the last couple of years, we've seen tremendous increase in fast-moving consumer goods being counterfeited. Those are the things we use on a daily basis in our houses, detergents, soaps, um, yeast when we bake bread, all of those things we found in our market being counterfeited.
0: So... Looking at the problem, and you started uh, in your response to my question by talking about the demand side of things. So, again, um, you know, how, how do you stop that? How do you get through to people and make them understand that this is actually counterproductive to the country as a whole?
1: Yeah, we start with the youth. And for us, that's a very important part, because if uh, you look at how do you change behavior, you change behavior early. So our awareness campaigns that we put together and we structure, we target between 8 and 18 years old. Um, It's interesting that you phoned me today, because tomorrow we start at three high schools in Johannesburg, teaching children about the value of copyright. When you create your own material and it's copyright protected, what value will it bring to you as an individual, and how can you contribute to this? societal interest doing the right thing. So we have, we have a couple of these awareness campaigns that we run. One of the most important things or campaigns that we want to bring across is doing the right thing is valuable to you not only as a consumer but also as a country to building our economy and this campaign you must watch out for we're going to try and launch it in October and I'm sure at that stage we will have South Africa buzzing about doing the right thing then we refer to intellectual property rights and getting a general awareness about intellectual property the value not only as a business when you register IP and utilize it in your business environment but also the value of um, being a consumer that's buying authentic goods and supporting the economy and getting a real good quality healthy product that you can consume.
0: Well, oh, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. Uh, that was Companies and Intellectual Property Commissioner's uh, Commission's rather senior manager of Copyright and Intellectual Property, Amanda Lothringen, uh, speaking to us uh, from Pretoria. Now, immigration is uh, the other part of this particular saga, and uh, it's been a hot topic, uh, especially since those Joba grades last week. And we join on the line now by Home Affairs Minister Dr. Aaron Motsoaledi. Thanks for your time this afternoon, Minister. Hello. Welcome, Minister. You're speaking to Sakina. Welcome to Update at Noon.
2: Good afternoon, Sakina. Good afternoon uh, to the listeners.
0: Minister, firstly, how connected is the issue of illegal immigration and crime in the country? Because you see a lot of talk about that on the social media platforms.
2: Well, it's difficult uh, for, for us in Home Affairs to try and link that. The people who will know are the police. In other words, out of the, the, so, 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 I mean, this number of people who have been arrested, how many of them uh, will be foreign nationals? Like when you look at the figures of of, of what happened in central Johannesburg, so is the police who will have that statistics, not necessarily us.
0: So, Minister, moving on to the um, situation regarding uh, what the court's decision was, the Johannesburg Magistrates Court ordering the deportation of um, many of the uh, foreign nationals who were arrested last week during that counterfeit raid. Now, the African Centre for Migration and Society, they saying uh, this uh, is essentially a futile exercise because these uh, people are likely to make their way back to Johannesburg, back into the CBD, because that's where they earn a living. What's your response to that as the Minister of Home Affairs?
2: They are probably right, Fakina, because this is not the first group of people who are going to be deported. Over the past five years, Home Affairs have deported no less than 150,000 people at the cost of uh, close to one billion rand. But we were told, uh, I was informed immediately when I arrived in the department, that they do come back, some of them immediately, after being deported. And that's why the government, five years ago, in noticing and realizing this, this problem, decided that we need a border management authority and, and, and change from the way in which South Africa's borders are managed. And so they, they started, over the past five years, to develop a, a bill which must be passed in an into an act of parliament, to put t- together a border management authority. That bill has been passed in the National Assembly. It is now in the National Council of Provinces. Unfortunately, where it delayed uh, for, 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 for about two years because of some misunderstandings which we are, we are now clearing. Once you put together a border management authority, you, you solve lots of problems, not only a problem of... People coming here illegally illegal migrants, but also a problem of trucks going through the borders, a problem of child and women trafficking, a problem of counterfeit goods easily coming through a problem of stolen cars easily going through the border and being sold and, and their owners never saw them again after sort of their cars have been hijacked. So all those problems we, we know about them, and we know about the fact that unless the border management authority is in place. There will be problems.
0: So, how will the border management authority differ in its operation from what we currently have on our borders?
2: Uh, at the moment, what we currently have, let me start here, Sakina. There are seventy-two ports of entry into South Africa. Seventy-two ports of entry with our neighbours. Fifty-three are land. Eleven are sea. I mean, are airports, international airports, and eight are seaports. Now, the, our biggest problem, as it is, as you realise, are the 53 uh, uh, land uh, posts of entry. Now, at the border, at the moment, how are those 53 land posts of entry managed? They are managed by seven different government departments, with seven different commanders, and between them, they apply 58 acts of parliament. That means when you look at the, the departments that are there, is Home Affairs, is subs, is the Army. It's health, it's environment, it's agriculture, and it's farce. All of them have got different laws and rules which they apply there. So that is part of the problem. With the border management authority, all of them fall under one command structure, same ethos, same working condition, same objectives. That is the first thing. The second thing, Sakina, how did our border started getting porous? The, the port of entry is mentioning. I'm giving you the number. But the length of the border, the, length, the land border, is, is 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 4,771 kilometers long on the land and 3,900 in the sea. Now at the land, uh, the 4,771 kilometers, uh, people can just avoid the point of entry and go through a broken fence or go through whatever space they can find at the border, because during the apartheid era, that's where the army was. But now, because of uh, the democracy and new international laws, South Africa is not at all. You can't keep on lining up the army at the border. They were removed but not replaced by anything, anybody. Now, in the Border Management Authority, you're going to hire border guards. That means special people who are not wearing the South African police services uniform or the army uniform, who wear their own uniform-branded Border Management Authority who will make sure that people who have to come through the country must come through the normal course of entry and be documented if they deserve to be here in the country.
0: Part of the problem, of course, Minister, is bribery and corruption, uh, even uh, for those who use uh, the the, the correct channels and those who even come through uh, those parts of the border that are unmanned. Uh, There usually are people on either side uh, waiting to help people across and uh, they do that at a cost. So how are you going to deal with the issue of bribery and corruption and, of course, the integrity of those who will be tasked with manning those borders?
2: I think it's an ongoing problem, Fakina. The good thing is that you still have men and women of goodwill. I listened throughout the week when people were condemning police and saying this problem won't be solved because there's corruption. And mentioning the seven police who who now understand the number, is moved to ten, ten, and they were saying because of that, yeah, nothing will happen. It, It surprised me because who told the nation that there are 10 policemen who are corrupt and who arrested them. It's the police themselves, meaning a policeman who could still stand up and say, here is my colleague, he's corrupt, I'm I'm arresting him." That, to me, it gives hope rather than negativity, that there are still people who are working together but who can arrest each other for corruption. And when you look at how many police were there and only 10 were, were involved in this, it gives hope that... This thing can can be resolved. In home affairs, we do catch people who are corrupt quite a number of times. And uh, this is the only department, by the way, which has got a DDG, a deputy director general, for corruption. And the corruption is really inside looking. I've, never, I've been in government for quite some time. I've never come across a, a government department that has got one special branch, a deputy director general, whose response is to fight corruption. But home affairs has got that. And quite uh, time and again, they get charged. And it's only that I don't have the figures here of those who have been charged for for corruption and dismissed.
0: I have to ask you this out of curiosity before I let you go, Minister. How much does it cost the South African government annually uh, to repatriate uh, people uh, such as in the case of what happened last week? How much do we spend?
2: I I thought I've just informed you that in the past five years, it was close to one billion rand. In, in, the in five, five years.
0: years, yeah. Okay, and then and that's quite a lot of money for people who will be back probably the following Absolutely. day
2: uh, next it is, week. It is a lot of money. There's no question about it. It is a lot of money. That, that a billion rand is a lot of money, but that's more or less uh, uh, what in the five five years has been spent. Because remember, Sakina. Uh, After the magistrate, as it has happened in Johannesburg, after they've said these people must be deported, you don't put them in a bus immediately. You send them to Lindela, where they have to be catered for, they've got to be fed, they've got to to lodge there for for at least a period of months, because then you need to start conducting their embassies, where they come from, discussing with them. You don't just repatriate people silently. You've got to agree with their government, because sometimes you take people to that country and the government there refuses them, even if they are, they are nationals. It once happened where a chartered flight was hired. When it arrived there, the government said, no, we are not allowing these people here because they are left illegally. We no longer regard them as our citizens so, so, so all those things come into the picture. Then from there, you must either charter a flight or hire buses and all that. That's quite expensive. It's not cheap at all.
0: Well, Minister, we're going to have to leave it there for now. Thanks so much for your time this afternoon, uh, Minister of Home Affairs, uh, Dr. Aaron Mutswaleri.